When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Zoopcast, episode 86, part two. So this is the second part to the, obviously the last episode, which we just recorded. And we'll just resume right there and throw you right back into the episode and hope you all have a wonderful time. All right, so that does it for our league-wide stuff. We have Edmonton winning. We have, well, we have some differing opinions on other things. So hopefully you've listened so far and you don't need a, a two-minute recap, but... I think we, we've done nothing crazy in our predictions, all pretty standard. We have the Sens making it, which is the most important part, because we're about to start talking about uh, their season yeah. and, you know, individual predictions, team predictions, some, you know, what we think the lines should be, and maybe some storylines that we should have to follow and how, the, how we think those will unfold. So do you want to start kind of predicting the lines? Because I think that's important to know before we make predictions about the team and stuff. Yeah, let me open cap friendly here. I think that's a good that's a good idea. I've had I've had my like preferred lines for a while, but those also rest on yeah, Norris. Yeah, you post them and all the Pinto, time on our yeah. Twitter, which is great. Yeah, my top six with Norris healthy is like I have the six guys and the, their lines, like what I would love to see the most. But I don't think they're going to start the year with that because Drew, uh, they they got that seven eighteen twenty eight line kind of running still, which isn't what I would have, but. It's obviously not a bad choice. They were one of the best, uh, do- most dominant, like analytical lines in the league last year. Yeah, I'd argue like top. I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but one of the things that I do look to calculate when making standings projections and lineup projections is um, I essentially calculate how many standings points you get from chemistry within a line. And I think they mm-hmm. were third in the league last year, behind only yeah the Boston first line, which is obviously gone now. And yeah. the Dallas first line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I love the balance aspect. We know how bad their depth was last year. Even if they keep that line, they should have better depth. But it's still, you know, you split Giroux up. He's probably their third best forward. If you have him on another line, it kind of just balances out the scoring and makes it harder to match up, guys. So yeah. we'll see. But we should at least, like, who do you, I, I mean, when healthy... I don't think the fourth line's a big deal, but like the top nine, let's say, who would you have as the lines? With everybody healthy, we're saying here? Yeah, and, and let's just say in this scenario, they probably have to bury or trade Joseph to have Pinto healthy. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah, um, I know, but it, it's going to have man. to be done, most likely, so... Yeah, either that or like there's another injury that happens that means we keep him and then we're just Which, juggling yeah, injuries. I mean, again, to wouldn't the, be shocking, but let, we can't rely on that when making our lines because we'd have to guess right. which guy's out to make that. Yeah. Honestly, guess. I'm thinking Kachuk Stutzich, who obviously stays together. Yeah. Yeah. And then when when Norris is back, who would you have? With him, assuming you have him at 2C, I don't think there's any question there. Who would you have on his wings to, to round out the top six? So I'm thinking, like, I know, like, I think I'm going to go for a more balanced middle six. 
I would have loved to have had Joseph here just mm-hmm. because of what he brings. But if this is like a scenario yeah. where he's not here, I would totally do uh, Greg Norris Tarasenko to bring some uh, a little bit of checking balance. I was, and yeah. If Greg, yeah, I think that'd I was, be an interesting combo. Sorry. Yeah, definitely I want Greg with Norris because you kind of want that like kind of checking type of guy with Norris if teams are kind of taking shots at him, if they feel they have to protect Norris in a sense. But I was thinking Greg, Norris, and maybe Batherson on the second line. And then you have, which is kind of what they're doing uh, to start with, uh, sorry, uh, Tarasenko and Kubalik seemingly on the third line to start the year with good old Rourke Chartier. <laughs> Top nine. Can Tarasenko finding a bit of chemistry? Maybe that's something that they want to keep together for a bit. Especially if they're playing in a bit of a depth role and they're facing lesser competition, I could really see that working out at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah, and like I think one of the most, like obviously this would be when he comes in, but one of the most underrated parts from Pinto's game last year was his passing game. Like obviously he scored 20 mm-hmm. goals, but in terms of like yeah. expected assists last year, he was, I have him like around like 75th percentile, which is really high. And like we'll see mm-hmm. if that happens again this year coming up. Given that he'll he won't be playing two C, he'll likely be three C. Well, who knows with the injuries, right? Um, but I think yeah. having him with some more shooters would encourage to continue developing that, which would be really nice because sometimes you're lacking kind of that passing presence in the bottom six, or at least on a third line, because you see more mm-hmm. specific short shooting oriented guys or more defensive checkers. So having a little bit of mix of that, that Pinto injects into the lineup around that spot would be really nice. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think one thing that we could see is Drew slotting with Norris if they don't want Norris taking face-offs because of his shoulder. I mean, I, at I that point, see... he should not be playing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So, like, me personally, I'm also going through some shoulder stuff. It's it's definitely not as serious yes. as a guy who's got an $8 million contract. But, like, just from experience, taking faceoffs is probably the most painful thing for my shoulder. Like, I can see them just, you know, that's how Pinto got hurt, too, right? He, he went on a faceoff and kind of fell as he went to win it, and he was out for the rest of the year. Right, like that is yeah. probably one of other than taking a big hit when you're not prepared. Yeah, other than taking a big hit when you're not ready, I think faceoffs is probably the most dangerous part for your shoulder. And just that quick twitch of trying to use your essentially all your shoulder weight to pull the puck back is is one of the most aggravating things for that shoulder. So I could see them, especially maybe in D zone draws where they really want to win that or maybe depending on which side of the ice it's on wanting a right-handed center to take some of the draws for Norris because and, and Giroux is just really good on the draws anyways you you want him taking them from guys who aren't as good but I'm sure there's gonna be more to it than okay what's the best chemistry especially just because they're nursing that that injury making sure it doesn't happen again so I, I think yeah. what's, what's important is when the top nine is healthy it has the guys we've named so far plus Pinto back in it and that's just a yeah. really solid top nine, no matter which way you put those nine guys. Just much better depth than last year. And if they somehow kept Joseph and he's on the fourth line, then you have an insanely good depth. Um, yeah. And really, it just depends who else they put there. I think if it's Kelly, Castellick, McEwen, that's not a good fourth line. But if Jarventi gets some time, if Smezcal gets some time, or yeah. that, that's, that's how I'm going to keep saying it, by the way. If he gets some time, like they, they should have a good fourth line as well. So... The point is their top nine is good, and we're going to get to it, but their top four is also undoubtedly really, really good. They got Branstrom on the third pair still. That, so their D yeah, is good. Exactly. Like, Brand, speaking of Branstrom, like, what a goal the other day. I know it's preseason, yes. but, or, but like, that was an incredible assist that he made. Yeah, and Kubelik, just that's just the... They haven't had a, a guy who can play on the third line be able to go on the rush and take a shot like that just a, that kind of shot and i think it's good if they can finally have that guy on the third line who could pop 20 goals because he's able to do that kind of thing so but yes it was all brandstrom's work setting up the pass not trying to take away from it <laughs> it was uh, a nice pick by yeah, greg got, which we don't talk about yes that was nice sort of like that Giroux goal like that that he scored where he went back and forth like his overtime winner against LA. I don't think enough people, yeah. although a lot were, enough people were talking about Sanderson's gap control, easily getting the puck up to Kachuk, I think it was, and then getting the pass to Giroux. Like, the sm- it was all things that they haven't had the players who can know that. Yeah, yeah. They, they just haven't had those players lately, while through their rebuild, who have the 
the the ability to do that and turn defense to offense quickly. And between him, Zub, Shabbat, and Chikrin, they finally have the top four where I think any of those guys can turn you quickly from defense to offense and not not only keep, get you out of the zone quicker, but also prevent the puck from getting in the zone in the first place. That's going to be a big change that I think is going to really improve their, their shot differential and their expected goal differential. And in turn, hopefully, their actual goal differential. So, yeah. I think we agree on, on a lot on the roster. I don't think we need to make the exact lines we predict to get the most ice time or anything. But just having an idea of who we think gets the get, gets you know the top nine, the top four, lets us move into team-wide predictions. So what do you have their 82-game win-loss, OT-loss record being? Uh, Let's get specific. So I am... Hmm. Like, I'm going to say... Maybe just a little under a hundred. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna say I was thinking 95, let's, let's 96. Go, yeah, I'm gonna say 46 wins, mm-hmm. and so if you, to get yeah. them to 97 points, I guess five OT losses. So 15 less 46, 31, and five. Yeah, yeah 46, 31, five. Okay, I was thinking 44. Okay, yeah. I just the thing is, I don't know if they lose wins. that many OT games because they're so good. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. We did OT, say that may, in one of the last episodes. May, yeah, exactly. So maybe up to forty-seven. But I also think their goaltending, you know, because they're not giving up as many goals. I think games last year that were regulation losses can turn to OT losses just because I think they could be an OT more often than they were last year. And I also that's think true. they have, hopefully, they deploy they make better deployments when they're down a goal and can push more games to overtime when they're down a goal <laughs> instead of losing. You remember October, November, how many games they lost by one or by two with the empty netter. I think they went like 15 losses without losing by multiple goals, excluding empty net goals. So yeah. I think they could just go to OT more often, still win as much or even more in OT, but also have losses because it's, you know, 70, you know, let's just say they went to OT 15 times. And they went nine and six or something type of thing. I don't know. So, yeah, I could see a decent amount of OT losses. I think 44 wins. I think that 45 threshold is what they won't break yet. But I think 44, say 95. So 44, I have the same amount of regulation losses as you, but two more OT losses. So 44, 31, and seven. Is that what that would be? Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. 44, 31, and seven. Uh, 95 points in wildcard two. I think 97 would push wildcard one, which we don't have them in. The thing is, I think the East plus. is so good that that's that true. It is. They'll, they'll definitely get more points than the West, or at least the middle will be closer than it will be in the West. Yeah. So, but we haven't. I mean, it, it's literally a difference of you having two OT losses being wins. That's incredibly tight. Our our predictions. Yeah. Exactly. So you got ninety five or ninety seven points with forty six wins. I got ninety five points with forty four wins. Literally the only difference. So we'll take that and run with it because I don't think we could be any closer on, on such a specific prediction. <laughs> and yeah. we both have the playoffs. That was the next sort of thing is yes or no on the playoffs. We both have that. And we can get to specific predictions on individual players now. So we could, do you want to start top down, you know, best players to maybe smaller storyline? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, we'll do a sort of rapid fire because this is a really long episode and these are, there's a lot of different lines well, here I this, have as examples. At this point, we break it up in two parts. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's yeah, but still, but still, let, let's start, like, yeah. let's go rapid fire, give me Stutzel's goals, assists, and then total points from that. I'm going to go What's your 40 goals. Or your personal 60, these are both, well, this is exactly model, okay. but I agree you with agree it. you agree with so it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 40 goals, 62 assists for 102 points for Timmy. All right, all right. I'm going to go, I say he just misses the, I don't know. I want to say he just misses 40, but he kind of got on fire scoring goals at the end, so I could see him getting it. I'll go 42 goals. He breaks the 40-goal threshold, but not 60 assists. I'll say 42, 59 for 101. So you can't can't quite say he had a 40-60 season, but 42 goals, 59 assists. Kind of gets more into the goal scoring than the assist getting portion of his of his skill set, and we both think he breaks a hundred points. And again, we're both very close on our on our thing, so yeah, we both have him breaking a hundred. That's what everyone needs to know. Forty goals, hundred points is what we have. And then let, let's move to his wing. Who do you, what do you think Kachuk gets goals and then 
penalty minutes instead of needing to predict exact assists? Um, goal. You said goals, points, pims, eh? Well, I mean, yeah. by by saying goals, points, we kind of do predict assists. Yes, yeah, yes, I know, I know, I know. But I just need <laughs> but, to predict uh, three numbers. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll go thirty-eight goals for Brady. Okay. Uh, eighty-seven points. And okay. how many pimps did he get last year? Can I predict hits instead 126. of 126? Sure. Yeah, you know um, what? Do that. But I got to look at what he had I'll to go, compare. Okay, I know I'll go 240 hits. 240? Okay. Yeah, see. I'm like in my model, I have I hits, compare. blocks, shots, and power play. Well, actually, I do have pimps projected. I just don't have it on the screen here. Hold on. Okay. Uh, okay, no worries. No, 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 let's do hits instead of pimps. I like that better because it's more... I don't want to say more important, but like it actually impacts them positively, whereas Pims might not. Yeah, Pims is literally yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he doesn't get to 35 again because I think the ice time will be a bit more spread out, the power play will be a bit more spread out. I say 33 goals. He's still in the 30 okay. to 35 range. 33 goals, exactly point per game, 82 points. And then I'm going to say for hits, I'm going to say because the offense is more spread out, he's going to take an even more physical approach and go back to what he was in 2019-20, where he had 300 hits in 71 games. So I'll say two, Jesus, 290 for hits. He's going he's gonna to go up. Yeah. My God, yeah. 90 I forgot he was that. In 82-game wow. <laughs> season. That's my, that's my prediction. I'm not going to remember this, so we're going to have to look back on it. Rapid fire here for both of these. Yeah. Tarasenko, how many goals you have him get? Oh, I, okay. So this one is, I know we're doing rapid fire, but I just want to say this uh, is tough because of <laughs> how up say. and down his goal has been. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go And where he might goals. play in the lineup. I think it's low. 22, okay. I'm going to say 22 just because injuries and he you might play what? third line. Yeah, and, and that kind of segues us into Kubalik because my prediction is going to be a hot take. I feel like Tarasenko gets 21-22, and Kubalik actually scores more than Tarasenko this year. He gets 24. Ooh. That's what I think. Kubalik looked good in the preseason. I think he's got some chemistry with some of the big names, like it looked like in the preseason. So I think he could get a lot of shots in the top six if anyone goes down. So I'm going to say Kubalik slightly outscores Tarasenko 24, and then Tarasenko gets 22. But I think uh, we're not predicting it, but I think Tarasenko will get more points. So, yeah. 24 yeah. Kubalik, yeah, 22 Tarasenko. What do you have for Kubalik? I'm going to say 20. Yeah, I'm going to say 20. I think it's going to be right. very close between the two, like way more than people think. Mm -hmm. Like he looked good this preseason. Yeah. Like I think Tarasenko's goal scoring game maybe not didn't look as good, but his back checking was super impressive, which like yeah. for yeah, those I, who know, I, I, his I defensive think... stats are not great. <laughs> <laughs> I just think when guys hit that, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I know he's on the other side of 30. I think when they get there, they know their spot's guaranteed. They know that it's an 82 game plus hopefully playoffs. They're not going to go 100% in preseason, I think, which you know might not be the best That's way true. for a guy to look at it. But I think there are people concerned with Tarasenko. Look, he's, he's had injuries in the past. I don't think he's out there proving himself in the preseason. If he comes out and has a terrible first 10 games, please be my guest and criticize it or question it. But I'm not too worried. <laughs> I yet don't want until, another Debrinket situation. <laughs> I mean, a lot less commitment than Debrinket was, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you say 20 and 22 for Kubalik Tarasenko. I say 24, 22. Again, close. Just I got a random hunch that Kubalik has a good good year, contract season, all that. I think that's a good that. take. I think that's a great, yeah. like, a hot yeah. take. I think that's, that's my my first hot take maybe of the episode, or, or at least of the sense <laughs> portion. So who do you, what do you have? Rapid fire, no other words, just numbers. Jerusalem. Uh, 71. That's I'm not joking. That is the exact number. No way. I I was waiting for your answer. I was gonna just wow. answer with a number without saying anything. So seventy one is our consensus. For fun, how many goals do you have? I have a number in my head. Um, let's go twenty nine. Okay, I had thirty two. Okay, so we're off on that. Okay. But I could see twenty nine. Just like we said, more spread out offense. And last yeah, year was exactly. his career best year. I could see a tiny bit of regression. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, 29-32, but we have the same points. So, yep. all right, another, I'm kind of just quizzing you and then telling, saying if I agree, but we're going to keep up with that. Who gets the most time on ice on the decor by the end of the season per game? Let's just not say total, Ooh. just time on ice per game. 
So this is like over the whole season, right? We're not saying yeah, at the yeah, end not like after list. October. Yeah, no. Okay. Like final season stats. You look back. Who has the most TOI per GP on their stat sheet? Okay. So, like for example, like if someone were to say like Shabbat, but it could be that Sanderson ended up getting more to, like in the last ten games. That's not the that's not the question we're looking for season wide. No, right? no, no. We're not seeing. Um, yeah, we're not asking. Although, yeah, who who ends the season as the quote unquote number one D could be a um a different question, but just time on ice per game taking in all eighty two. I still think it's gonna be I still think it's gonna be Shabbat, but I think this is gonna be the last year that that's the case. Just because okay. Sanderson and Chicken are still again I'm saying like air quotes relatively new to the team, right? Like they've only played a season or so, like at like at most, but for the team. Um so I think I still think Shabbat's going to get the highest time on ice per game. Sanderson's mm-hmm. been getting so much, like, situational, both PP and PK time on ice, um, that I think That's it's going to take a while before DJ It'll also be gives him just as much even strength time. But Sanderson's on PP1, right? Right now at the lines, and uh, Shabbat no. Chikrin is PP2. Or was it no, Sanderson no. Chikrin on power play 2? Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, okay. I agree. I, I see what why you were asking about the end of year versus whole year because i agree i think shabbat starts higher and i think as it wears on sanderson cements himself as the number one d and then by the end of the year he's playing more if they make the playoffs he comes in as the number one d but to start yeah i think shabbat's gonna play a little too much to start the year like usual i will say though right now i think and i think they're all close but just to enlighten everyone i currently have in my model chikrin shabbat and Sanderson in that order, all separated by one point in terms of overall score. Um, yeah, that, like I don't 80... think it's much closer than that. No, I think they're all really good. I think, especially like, and again, it's preseason. I think Chikrin may be our best D right now. Um, really? Shabbat, wow. it, I think that's I think a hot that's take a, for sure. I think it is a hot take. I absolutely think it is. Just, uh, Shabbat you... has shown that he can be better, and Sanderson will be in the future. But yeah. I think we're in that tiny sweet spot time where yeah. i think it's chikrin for now but it'll change very wow. very soon i think that's a hot take especially because if you look at his games last year analytically he wasn't very good and i feel like but yeah we've kind is, of ignored that as for so long i yes, know but the 100%. thing is he didn't play for so long he got injured but, it was a new team yeah. first time he was playing outside of arizona which like come on <laughs> i'm i'm not predicting anything but all i'm saying is if we get to 40, I would not be shocked if, if we get 40 games into the season and Chikrin wasn't the player everyone was expecting. And the only reason I say Ooh. this is if you look at how much Arizona sheltered him before the trade, it seemed like they intentionally did that to bring up his overall numbers. Sort of like, look how good this guy is. Clearly, you know, just because of his name, he's got to be playing top competition, but... I think he had the lowest quality of competition among the regulars in Arizona on D last year. I think they sheltered him, and that kind of brought up his his microstats and stuff just because he was facing those easier matchups. But, but... He had low quality of teammates, too. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I don't think that makes him incapable. I just think he might not be the number one D that Arizona made him look like, which I don't think anyone's expecting. But I think, you know... It also depends, is 72-6 the second pair or the first pair? If they're facing second pair competition, well, Chikrin should still look outstanding. But if they're facing mm-hmm. the top top lines, he might look like a number three or something, which is still good for the price they paid. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Chikrin was the, the clear number three if, if Shabbat has less time on ice and can actually play as, at 100%. <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. we just, we have very for... like. You think he's the best? Maybe I think he might be the number three. So we'll see. There, there's a lot well, of again. They're all right next to each other. Yes, like, uh, yeah, they have yeah, like for sure decimal point difference in standings points above replacement between the three. Yeah, it's the, really the, close. The the thing, the only thing I think, literally the only thing that scares me about Chikrin is I think he gets caught a lot in the offensive and neutral zone. And he he finds himself. He's a very good skater, but I think there's a lot of situations back in time to cover. And when he's playing with Shabbat, who also likes to jump up, there might be a, a bit of a, a learning period for the first month and a bit, where you know it's it's taking less risks, or you know each of the guys knowing their roles. I think he's he just plays a high risk, high reward game where you're going to see a lot of 
he's the first guy back, but he's behind the guy, and there's a breakaway because Chikrin's on the ice. But he also I can see that, yeah. He also, I think, plays really well in the D zone. Like, I, I don't think his overall defense is an issue. It's just there might be some fans who get annoyed with him because it's just like painfully obvious that some plays are his fault. It doesn't make him a bad player. It just, you know, there's going to be some 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 painful some growing pains maybe. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, and and the biggest weakness, I think, between Shabbat and Chikrit in my cards is their transition defense. So, like, as you're saying, it's totally, totally true. Um, and we'll see, because the fact that we're even debating this is, like, so incredible. Like, because not too long ago, our defense was just so bad. It's so nice to have this now <laughs> in comparison yeah, to back Yeah, it's then. good that we're having, yeah, it's good that we're worried that Chikrit is the number 3D. Like, if that's, yeah. <laughs> if that's the worst case scenario... So, yeah, I think the top four, when healthy, is like it can compete with other top fours. It can make it to the playoffs and be deployed a lot in those big minutes. So I think that's what's really encouraging. So, Hockey season is so close, and we're fired up about it. But there have been some other sports keeping us entertained while we wait. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources well we can move on from that because uh, there, there's really almost no negative negative talk that has to be had um but how many games do we think chicken plays that's another uh, prediction i thought we should make what's your games played model what's your model saying sorry for games played uh it is 65 for chicken okay i think I don't know about you. I would be happy with that if he could be healthy for sixty-five games, and of course, be healthy going into the playoffs. Like, hopefully, it's not yeah, that's the important straight and a season-ending <laughs> injury. But if there's, you know, he goes on IR one time in December or something, and he misses five games, and then you know, there's a couple just he's banged up. Brandstrom can slide into the top four for one game. Um, I don't think anyone would be upset with that. I don't think anyone's expecting eighty-two games from the entire top four. If they got that. And they still didn't make the playoffs. Something would must have gone crazy wrong because that would be the absolute dream to have a healthy top four for almost every single game. Yeah. So okay, sixty-five games for Chikrin. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then we can move, keep moving backwards. What is your goal save above expected prediction for Corpusalo and Forsberg? Either in well, let's do both individually and as a tandem for the team. So the way I, okay, I, I will preface by saying the way I look at measuring goalies is that goal save above expected is kind of tough to just say because it's dependent on so many things. It's dependent on shot volume that you get against. It's dependent on how many games that you play. So what I use to measure uh, goalie strength is essentially I, like, I measure their performance and then the way I show the, like, the performance number overall, like the big one number stat is that I say, okay, if they were in an average NHL game with average shot quality quantity, and for one game, how many goals would they be expected to save above a replacement level goalie in that one game? Mm -hmm. So uh, essentially what I have right now is Forsberg at a 0.76, which is around 81st percentile in the league in terms of goal. So like if you were to, uh, this is like per game. So yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I was going to say so 0.76. In one I mean, average NHL game, yes. 0.76 goals saved above expected per game? Yeah. Above replacement per game. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. 
Replacement. Yeah, it's not expected. What, it's above a replacement. What's, uh, level what's your years. difference between replacement? Which is a lower number, right? Replacement would be lower than expected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and it, like, obviously, as in, like, a have... replacement level goalie would have a negative GSAX. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah I, I could see that. In terms of above expected, 0.76 would be outstanding. I mean, if that would be ridiculous. Literally, yes. Yeah, that's why I was almost questioning it for a second. But if it's above replacement, yeah, what, what do you think that would translate to above expected? Like, like three or something per game? Or even yeah, that I is think a bit around high. there. Okay, so yeah, like almost like a quarter extra goal saved. And sorry, you said this is for Forsberg, right? This is for Forsberg. Like, again, I okay. I still think Forsberg is the better goalie just because I need to see more from Corpusalo post-injury. That was a really good season, mm-hmm. but again, goalies are wild, and you never really yeah. know, right? So, I like, I could see... Like, I still have Corpusalo at a .54 weight over the last three years, goal saved above replacement per game. Looking just at last year, it's much higher. Let me just pull it up here. Mm-hmm. It is 0.74. So basically the, on par, yeah. Yeah, I think what's exactly. important for people to know, like I think most people might know this, some might not, is like Corpusalo, he had surgery, right, two years ago mm-hmm. yes. on his hips. And both him, the Jackets, the Kings, his trainers, everyone agrees that like that surgery has propelled him to to be the goalie he is now. So I don't think there's some like, oh, it's his season is a one-off. And I'm not trying to say he's going to be as good as he was last year for every year of his sense contract. But there's definitely a correlation between him having his best season and him having that surgery that allows him to be the athletic yeah. goalie that he was drafted to be. So I think there's there's definitely reason for optimism and to not completely discount, but breath a bit less over his, his bad seasons before because he looked really athletic in the preseason. He, he moves really well. I think we're going to see some highlight reels from him and maybe you know maybe we'll see some annoying plays too whatever but he's going to be a fun goalie to watch and hopefully that's in the good sense yeah i like he's got high movement stats across all my measures so yeah he's, he's going to be really exciting to watch yeah so what do you have to replacement stats let's just say as a team 82 games whether this is just these two or another third or fourth goalie have to play a couple games what do you have the overall goal save above expected being for the ottawa senators like in this season Expected See, not replacement. I, yeah, I I need to, honestly I need to pull up like money puck to look at what like teams averaged like last year. That's um, what I'm pulling up right now. I think ten to fifteen was the range I was hoping the sense could be in this year. Do they have it for? Hold on. They have it. It's under teams. Yeah, I and it's like um, goals. goals against goals above expected. Against... Just sort by that. But yeah, the invert Negative. inverse of that essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I was thinking okay. 10 to 15 would be good because last year the teams between 10 to 15 were, uh, or negative 10 to 15 were Dallas, Florida, Vegas, which was 10, 11, 12. I think if they could be near the top 10. Well, this is just five on five, with... right? Like, yes, are correct. we saying just yeah, five yeah, on five yeah. or are we saying all situations? Um, no, let's say all situations. Yeah, let's yeah. resort by that. And you're probably looking at wanting more than 10 to 15. But 10 to 15 was still above league average. It was 12, 13, 14, or sorry. 11, 12, 13, 14 last year were in that range. So it's still almost pretty, pretty close. Um, Mine is pretty low for this. Wow. Is it just because their defense is so good? I know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. That's the thing. But so top 10 last year was, I mean, Arizona was really good. Uh, Negative 18. Tampa, negative 18.9. So negative 19. And then the top eight is where there was a big gap. Colorado at negative 23 was number eight. So do you think they could hit that negative 20 mark and be like 9th, 10th, 11th in the league? Yeah, let's go. Is yeah, realistic? I, was say, I was about to say 19, but let's go Let's go 20 goal saves above expected then. Which is the exactly team. on par with what we were saying about Forsberg being a one quarter of a goal above expected per game. If Corpusalo yeah. can kind of match that and they're a 1A, 1B, I think you can definitely, I think it's fair to expect um, a negative 15 to negative 20 range, which is above average, but not... Uh, unrealistic. So it's not like a New York Islanders negative forty or a Boston Bruins negative sixty-eight. Yeah, I, was, like, I feel like my expectations are the same for both goalies. Like, be, given yeah, that Corpusalo is like, he was so good last year, but that was for a mm-hmm. reason, right? That's because which he's is finally good. healthy. Yeah, yeah, which is good because you don't want to rely on one guy to always be on his game. 
if Corpus Allo has two straight bad games, just put Forsberg in, let him, you know, wait for another back-to-back to give Corpus Allo another game. And then maybe he finds his game as Forsberg's going, you know, not a rough stretch, but just not on his, the top of his game. You can kind of ride mm-hmm. the hot goalie for um, as long as you need to. So I, I really like that 1A, 1B, which I think the league is kind of trending to, aside from four or five teams. So Because well, that's the thing. There's that top five goalies, right? Which is, as we mentioned, Sorokin, Chesterk, and Hellebuck Vassi. If you don't have that, you need to do tandem. You want to play those guys as much as you can. And otherwise, if you don't have access to that, you have to, you have to tandem it up because of mm-hmm. how inconsistent goalies are. Yeah. Would you agree? Uh, this is a question. This isn't really a prediction question. Do you think the Sens have improved at forward, defense, and goaltending this offseason? All three? I think the biggest I question think mark can... is forward. Yeah. So I, when I say improved goalie, at yes. defense, I'm counting Chikrin as a new addition since he only played yes. a dozen or so games. Like D, 100%. And Sanderson improving naturally also. Yeah, having pushed down. No Zaitsev for zero Shabbat. games. And not having to play as yeah. much as a result of yeah. all of like this. Yeah, like 100% draft. D improved, 100%. Even if Corpus Allo regresses a bit, he's better than what Talbot was. And Forsberg yeah. should get more games. You're not using five other goalies outside of your t- tandem. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah I so 100% the back end has improved. Forward, I think you might be able to say the top, because DeBrinckit's gone, they don't have as much firepower at the top, but they 100% have better depth. And I think that's what they were really struggling with last year. So you can flip-flop on if they've improved overall up there. But you improve the depth up front, you improve the defense, and you improve the goaltending without sacrificing, you know, obviously they haven't lost Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, Norris, hopefully coming back. It's not like they've taken a hit up front, but their overall depth is, I don't think you can really argue, it's 100% better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, would just I like think that's why right the hopes now. are so high. Yes, go ahead. That Adam is currently messaging us from uh, from his trip in the Zoopcast oh. chat on Instagram, and he asks us, how was the recording? And I would just like to emphasize yeah. that we were able to have such a long recording because he's not here, and otherwise we would not be able to endure Adam for this long, let's be honest. So yeah. everybody oh, say yeah. thank you to we Adam him off. for allowing us to do a two-parter, like probably two-hour <laughs> season preview episode. Yeah, it'll it'll be a long one, and he has absolutely nothing to do for uh, a couple more weeks still. But maybe Anyways. we can't shit talk him. Look at what he just sent in the chat. <laughs> just a big I, I love you sticker. Proud of Aww. you, and then a big I love you sticker. Thank oh. you, Adam. Adam, we love you too. All right, we we'll take that back. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. That's what they say. <laughs> it's true for the podcast hosts here. But anyways, our last. I have one last line of predictions. I think we should make, and that's the power play and PK percentages. Right. And I mean, we've touched on this, right? Uh, oh, wait, no. Did we yeah, do both? The, we with did. The over-unders? I, I don't I even, I don't so. remember them. <laughs> but I, I think like we should ignore that because that was over-under and I feel like the number itself influenced what the answer would be. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. So let's just uh, do, okay. let's ignore what we said. If we uh, contradict ourselves, no, we didn't ignore it. Um, we were just messing with I think I contradicted it. myself on the Tarasenko prediction oh, already. Uh, okay, Anyways, let me pull up. Let, I'm going to pull up last year's numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I had said the lines of the power play should improve a bit, but the PK should regress a bit. I think that, yeah, I think that's where we landed. Uh, let's see, teams. Because we said that Talbot had really good PK numbers, or Palo didn't. So unless they kind of flip, you know, just because it's all the PK is random, who knows? I think Corpus Allo's ability to go side to side it surprises me he's bad on the pk because a lot of that is you know those one timers from the the half wall or whatever but yeah it's weird looking... that's the worst situation that he's in not the, like, the regular in terms yeah of... yeah wow it should not be this low i don't know why it is like five on five last year really good whether he was like the team was winning tied or losing consistently solid mm. but pk was easily lower it was still good it was still around like 30th something percentile but yeah the fact that it was that much lower than everything else surprises me yeah okay let's do power play first let's get a number last year's 23.53 there were five teams that hit the 25 percent mark uh those were edmonton toronto tampa la dallas i could see ottawa being in that group this year just because if norris comes back and they have a much better second power play i think chikrin's might be the most underrated um 
asset that they've added to the power play for this year. Just because he's a D-man, people might not be thinking about it. But he can move the puck from his offside half wall, probably not as well, but I was going to say just as well, but probably not as well as he can take a one-timer from that side. I mean, we saw it, his first goal as a send was that just insane shot from the half wall. Um, that was nasty. I think having that on the <laughs> second power play unit, it's like, oh yeah, the first guys are tired, let's bring out the second unit against the, another team's second unit on the PK. If Sanderson's moving the puck to Chikorin on one side and to you know maybe Tarasenko on the other side, there's some shooting options you have on all and you know on the first power play hopefully you have Norris on his 1T side you have Brady in front mm-hmm. you have Stutzla on his off, on his proper side on the left wing there's just so much ability to move the puck around and shoot it and score from in tight and even from the point Shabbat's got a decent shot on the power play like it's it's going to be hard to defend the 10 guys Ottawa puts out whoever they are so yeah. i'm going to go did with you even mention Brady at five. that front like I did, yes. I said they can okay. score from the front really well, yeah. And, you okay, know, Greg yeah, yeah. could be on the second power play and do a Walmart version of Kachuk in front of the net. You know, he's that pest that you're going to have going behind the net, trying to free up the puck and get it back to those half-wall wingers. So I say they improve. I say they, they go fourth or fifth. I say, you know, Edmonton, Toronto will still be super high up there. LA has a lot of depth on the power play, like Ottawa. So I'll say they finish around fourth or fifth, and I'll say twenty five point one percent, just to be above that one in a. I think that's mark. a good one. I think twenty five point one is a good mark. Um, one thing I will say too is that, like I know you mentioned Timmy being on the left side, but that is so key yeah. to have him there, not just for puck movement purposes, but the fact that and like I know with everybody like talking about his comparison to Jack Hughes, right? And the thing that I've always said is that Jack Hughes' shot has gotten so good. And around right where Tim Schlitzley is now in terms of his career, Hughes Hughes became way more than just a passer and obviously a really good puck carrier. But his shot took huge leaps. And I've said that, like, Mm. in order for Schlitzley to get there, like, obviously maybe his suppression gets a little better defensively. But specifically, his shot really takes another step. And in, again, preseason. But we saw, like, this is a hard skill that you can quantify as that his shot was yeah. so good from there on the left side, like going mm-hmm. downhill on the power play. And that is so massive to have that there. Um, another and I think thing you're going to see him walking the half circle, kind of making yeah. his way into the slot more with the puck. And that's when, when two years ago in 21, 22, and a little bit at the start of last year, I mentioned this a lot on Twitter, just saying that one of the, not one of, but one of the only uh, issues in Stutzler's game is he didn't attack the middle nearly enough. He was still sort of a perimeter player, maybe scared because he was a bit smaller, but I think he's put on a ton of muscle this offseason. He already showed he could do it for the back half of last year. If he keeps attacking center ice and his shot improves, I mean, my 42 goals may have been a bad prediction. Like, he could outdo that for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I like I do I do find it interesting too that the Sens were actually second in the league overall last year in total power play goals, only behind the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they got they, that's the other thing they draw so many penalties. Yep, and you know they have Stutzla who draws a ton, Kachuk draws a ton, Giroux draws a lot. Um, when Norris was healthy, he was drawing a lot, and they didn't even have him last year. Pinto's differential, I believe, is pretty good. I think Tarasenko draws a good bit of penalties too, like. He does. Who else? Yeah, I mean, Sanderson's does. differential is good. Shabbat draws a lot, but he also takes a lot. I mean, but in terms of getting on the power play, um, they have a lot of the highest uh, uh, penalty drawers in the league, which is sort of the Colorado approach, where a lot of their depth guys are in like the 90-plus percentile in uh, penalty differential because they know how good their special teams are. So I think the Sens kind of have that model, too. I think Castellick draws quite a few. Uh, Parker Kelly mm-hmm. drew a lot for his amount of time. Even Austin Watson last year, I know he's gone, but just like they, they had that model as well. So I think, yeah. that, I don't think that affects the percentage too much other than having more practice, <laughs> but they will potentially again be higher in goals than they are in percentage just because of the, the actual attempts, the denominator. Yeah, I agree. I think like 25 is a good mark, as you said. That's around where mm-hmm. I have them. I say maybe that ends up putting them third. Even behind, uh, yeah, if a couple teams drop, yeah, I'd, like if they get high twenty five, I think they only end up being behind like Edmonton and Toronto. And Toronto. Uh, yeah, depending on the health of the Avalanche, maybe they pass them, but I could totally see third or fourth, as you said. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, I think that's all we have for like stat lines. 
and predictions, but there are a couple storylines. Um, I think the, I don't want to say biggest one, but one that people have been talking about for at least a full season is, do we think DJ makes it through the year? Right. Uh, I think he does. Like, I, like, obviously I think this so is too. highly dependent on a lot of stuff, but I think ownership coming, oh, like, we've said this so many times, like, it's just ownership coming in this early, yeah. I don't think they're going to fire right away. It's nice to see all the additions that they've made. Like, have we even talked about Steos? Like, since... Like we haven't well unless you guys talked about him on the last episode, which I haven't had a chance we did to not. listen to because I wasn't on we did it. Not. But yeah, he is I've heard literally nothing but amazing descends and even in the couple uh couple times he's been around the rink already, like everything I've heard about him is positive. Like from people who've interacted with him, worked with him, whatever it may be. It just sounds like he's a great dude who also knows ex- he knows what he's doing. Like there's no question about it. Nobody can question if he's um if he's up to the task of the role he's been given, like he a hundred percent is, and he's going to do nothing but improve the, uh, the overall front office. But we both think DJ makes it through the year, but t- speaking of Steos and his big role, do we think Dorian makes it through the year? I, I think he does too, because I feel like the, those two, like, I feel like I'd have, I'd, it's hard. Like, yeah. I'd have to say no the to both. Should go first. Yeah. yeah, yeah or at least no to DJ first. I think they do both make it through mm-hmm. the year. Um, I, again, a lot of this is dependent on performance-wise and what happens with Norris injury-wise. That affects performance and how we. Well, do that's all. It's obviously, think, yeah, I think it's just dependent like, on. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We do have a bit of a delay. Uh, I think it's very yeah. dependent on just the, that stretch of games before Sweden and even in Sweden. I think if yep. they can make it through there, even if it's in just in the wild card spot, I think they're almost safe for the rest of the year. Because everyone knows the sense, like last year, if you just look at after American Thanksgiving, they were a very good team. It's really just, if he gets them off to a slow start, I think his his leash is very tight to start off. But I think they also know that once he gets the team going, they're going. So if he makes it through there, I think his leash loosens up a bit, even if they have a bit of a, a rougher stretch. Maybe not for 25 games, but, you know. It, let's say they start in a playoff spot up until Sweden, and they have seven or eight stretch where they lose six of those eight games, I don't think all of a sudden he's yanked because he's proven that he can start the year well is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, fully agree. So uh, we both say they both make it through the year, and we have them making the playoffs, so I think it'd be tough to say, you know, coach gets fired and they still take a playoff spot. So we're not contradicting ourselves too much. Um, but that is kind of it. We already touched on Pinto and Norris, so it's not really a storyline we have to touch on more. Um, as we started recording this, the Sens reclaimed Lassie Thompson. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about that more. I don't really know that he has a big role on the Sens. Because no, if he does, he's a right-handed funny. D. Yeah, like if he comes in for an injury, it's probably, what, for Zub or Hamannick? And it's like, I don't really know if his skill set matches the player he'd be replacing. You'd have such an offensive-minded decor overall if he got games. So... We'll see, but we just wanted to bring it up because it is funny, the outrage there was when he got claimed. Um, and then he had that crazy giveaway against, I think it was against Cooley, right? Um, and I'm through, because if you wait, if you pick up a player in the preseason, yes. yeah, yeah. he has to be on a night roster. So it's not too shocking that he got re-put on waivers because he didn't make the team. So the Sens said, hey, we're not going to lose any players. They also waived other guys, JBD and Sokolov. They haven't lost a single player yet after all that. So no prediction yeah. here, just a funny storyline to, I think, cap off the episode. I mean, this is a long one. I don't know if you have anything else, Louis. I'm going to be losing my no, voice here. I think here. that's good. I, yeah, I was about to say, this is the most, I think, talking you've ever done, Josh. So let's get I've had to. I gotta take, I'm got to taking over for Adam. I'm like hosting, semi-hosting <laughs> for one episode while also pitching in after the hosting part. I'm basically trying to do Adam's job and my own here. So, But hey, <laughs> I think it's, it's fair. I mean, you did the last one with uh, our great guest we had on. I mean... I didn't watch it, like I said, but on Twitter, it seemed to be taken well, so that was really good. It may not have been as serious of a preview as this one, but we're, <laughs> as not. you guys know, we're not always serious. So, if you want a non-serious prediction and some laughs, go watch that one. I mean, watch it either way, but um, hopefully this was a really good episode for you guys to hopefully agree with every single every single word we said. If you disagreed, yeah. stop listening to us. Um, we don't want your fan. No, I'm kidding. But we'll have um, a lot of our points on Twitter. And if people disagree, I'm sure there'll be some healthy discussion about it. It'll be, it'll be fun because we're, 
even recording this, which is, you know, either the day of or the day before it gets posted. Do you have anything you want to say before we cap it off, Louis? I've been hogging. I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think we did a pretty good job, all things considered. Uh, I mean, I'll try to edit most of it around, but we've had to work around a little bit of a connection delay here. Um, And I, uh, you know what? I think we did an excellent job. Um, I think I'm just like, I, I, one last thing I want to touch on is I don't know if this is just me this year, but I feel like the like regular season and the specifically send season opening has come much faster this season for me yeah uh, than past years i don't know if it's because i've been trying to get stuff done before the season starting so it's made it feel like more the time's going by faster but i mean hey i could not yeah. complain because this is absolutely the year Same. that i've been waiting for the most in yeah. a while for me so I, I think it's wait. the the Jays were playing just last week and the season is kind of getting back to that normal start time where it was put back a bit because of COVID. So there's That's that true. gap between it was like the the Jays played Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't want to talk about it. Um, nope. And then the, you know, football, there's football yesterday. I was kind of looking forward to that after that ended. And now it's Monday and the season starts tomorrow and the Sens play in two days. So it's like, it has really come up quick. I think a lot of people agree. Other than the fact that the preseason is long and it's drawn out. Oh my um, god! <laughs> yeah, we can we can talk we can get a whole episode about that. But yeah, it, it's coming up quick, and you know whether the sends are in or out of it could also be coming up quick. Hopefully, it's hopefully everything we said goes to plan, and and our predictions are right, and we'll have the sends back in the playoffs. Who knows who they're facing if they do make it? But you get a little boo round one action. Is that a hot take to your crazy prediction to end it off, Louis? Battle of Ontario to start the playoffs. That would be so sick. That would be just yep. incredible. As long as we don't lose, because if we do, I will. Yeah, be of course, just... of course. But I think if the Sens, if the Sens are in a wild card spot and Toronto wins the division, you know whether it's pre- whether it's first in the conference versus wild card two, or the Sens get wild card one and the Leafs are second, um, you could see it happen. But we'll see. Like we said, there's still a lot of question marks for both the Sens and everyone in the Atlantic. So. Let's cap it off with a positive vibe. They're gonna they're gonna finish in the playoffs. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's exactly the way to go. And uh on that note, we will thank you all so much for listening to this prolonged season preview for the Zoopcast and uh and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care everybody. Peace.